Hey everybody, welcome to the Wrestle Review. Time to talk about the Dudleys in the WWE. You know what that means? Ooh. When they were good guys because they hit ladies because Vince McMahon's from a parallel universe that was written by Quentin Tarantino, I think. I will say this, John. I will say this. By the way, I am Dylan Goth. That is John Hastings' sultry sounds. And I will say this. They tried to make them heels in rewatching a lot of this other stuff. And Bubba Ray Dudley, because he understood where, this is very funny, he understood where the WWF was going and what they're doing. Like He's like, mm, these guys are courting a lot of ECW fans. And then he was like, when they powerbomb Mae Young through the table, he said, they're going to cheer us. And Vince was like, no, they're not. You're powerbombing like a 90-year-old woman. And they did it twice, and it's still the biggest spots the Dudleys have ever done pop-wise. Yeah, but Vince McMahon didn't understand was, your fans are the people that call Howard Stern so they can listen to the show on hold because they can't they don't want to buy a radio that way the government will hear them <laughs> I think it was like it's so funny when Vince McMahon was like yeah I mean that's what the fans wanted so you know I mean we're gonna make a character that is I mean it's a little blue but they do beat up women okay cool and then like you know 15 years later hey the fans really like the small guy no (laughs) (laughs) i love that he's willing to roll with the punches if it's throwing an old lady into a fire but not if it's daniel bryan i was just gonna mention how different um uh how fucking different the treatment of legends are now to then and how different the legends are in that Mae Young was just like, I'm just happy to be involved. Can I have some whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair is continually attempting to sue the WWE because he believes he owns the trademark on the man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. What was it? Uh, I listened to a, I listened to some podcast was like, and who's the man? Me. No, no. It's like, oof. His point is, uh, who said to be the man? I did. My autobiography called The Man. I just need money. None. The WWE didn't support me when I was dying. They didn't support me when it was two years. I feel like... Well, he's a sad man. Like, it's so weird. And then his daughter is, like, their top star. So it's a very weird... Like, I think Charlotte Flair is going to be the top draw in that company in, like, two years. Above AEW and keep them afloat. Yeah. The thing with the women's division, and not to get off the topic from the Dudley boys, is that the women's division is the one thing, that, as exemplified by Vince McMahon's like, I know how to make these guys bad guys. We'll have them kill this old lady. Uh, isn't that old lady a person? In the way a chair is a person? Ask me no more questions. Off to my limo. He doesn't really <laughs> care about the women's division because he doesn't think women are important. And so they are free to actually develop and be interesting as opposed to, um, crap. Like the fucking men's division. I think that uh, Vince McMahon understands why people like women's wrestling in the same way he re- understands why people like rap music, which is he doesn't at all. <laughs> he doesn't understand how people could like women's wrestling more than like, so I don't get it. When when do they flex? You can't flex tits. This is ridiculous. <laughs> how the fuck are you supposed to watch Women wrestling when you got so much of a hard eye. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you. Yeah, I get it. Women's wrestling. Okay, so everyone one at a time goes through and they look through that tiny hole and they slowly take their clothes off. Yeah, women's wrestling. I see. Yeah. Woman comes to the ring and just pisses. <laughs>
There's a Divas Revolution? Okay, I'll call the banana lady from Amsterdam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his, co- his conversations with Ronda Rousey's, he just kept asking her where her penis was. You're a boy, though. <laughs> um, no. Okay. Okay, Chavo Guerrero. I know makeup when I see it. Yeah, I know. It's you, Connor. Nice trick. <laughs> um, well, this is the Dudley Boys in the WWF at that time. We did talk about the May Young spots, but... First thing they do when coming in the company is their tie-dye, and Bubba's wearing the stars and bars as the bandana, so they do the exact ECW character they did at the beginning. Except they, and they have him stuttering for a brief amount of time. Um, yeah, and then they stop. What's weirdly is, and I remember this, is they got in huge shit. This is one of the big things they got in trouble with from the um, uh, parents council of which Mahala who's it, of like, you're portraying someone who stutters as a violent idiot. Please stop doing that. And I remember also because a friend of mine had a crazy stutter and he stopped watching wrestling because he's like, I can't even fucking escape it from when I'm watching this for fuck's sake. I mean, but it was jokes. Oh, yeah, it was very funny. And that guy, of course, ended up <laughs> that guy ended up being a bit of a scumbag, totally impregnated a girl when we were 16 and refuses to acknowledge uh, that that kid is his, even though I've met the kid. And it looks literally exactly like him, even down to the stutter. I don't know about the stutter, but it's probably true. As Dave Chappelle said, you can have it, but it's my right to fucking stay around, you know? <laughs> Do you think Dave Chappelle wrote that special just scrawling? He didn't have any ideas, so he just overheard some construction workers talk. <laughs> I guarantee this is Dave Chappelle's. He walks in the house, and his wife is just like, saw the Netflix special. You fuck? And he's just like, what? And then he, and he, then she just points to the lawn where she's taking a full shit and just clean it up, Dave. Out there, you have ne- Netflix specials. In here, I'm special. Okay, dear. No, he's uh he he cheats on her pretty willy nilly. Uh, I saw me and uh my good friend, our good friend Bobby Mayer. Best. Ah. Got into a show. Sixty pounds for regular people. Uh, Bobby knew the guy who ran the show. He knew Live Nation, so we got in for free. 60 pounds. Keep that in mind, everybody. If you're in Canada, that's $100. If you're in the States, that's $70. Uh, no, no. To By the way, to, no, no. No, to show the what's happened to the British pound. In Canada, that is $80. And in the U.S., that's $65. Oh, my God. Okay. Jeez, I should not have been spending those British pounds so willy-nilly on uh, my trip to America. Anyway, <laughs> so all right, so there is a pretty sizable point. He just did he just did uh, twenty minutes of good stand-up, and then he just got hammered and read the paper and tried to get this chick backstage, and she didn't want to, and that was the whole show. Up until the point we left, he was doing I think he was doing an hour, um, but we left after like half an hour and just and then once we left like a couple other people left but they were dressed so nice and i felt really bad because they were like paid they clearly had paid so much money to watch this fucking asshole get drunk really was sad yeah he's a piece of shit he's not very funny and it's not like when uh my friend saw jim the anvil nightheart in oshawa where jim the anvil nightheart <laughs> dra- drank 24 beers in full view of the audience came out did a Jim the Anvil Nightheart match, and the only time you knew he was drunk was when he got on the microphone. <laughs> and then he tried to say Oshawa, and we went, bah, bah. <laughs> and everyone was like, ah, that guy's yeah, drunk. Because one of them's a fucking <laughs> professional. Also, here's the crazy, crazy thing about Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Smoked crack until the day he died. I thought he gave it up. No, nope, just kept it up. 
Turns out you can smoke a bit of crack and still be fine. I mean, it's so crazy. He lived. He lived pretty good. I mean, he also went. He also was charged for property that was three hundred dollars at another time. Oh no, between three hundred dollars. What the fuck? Didn't he also punch someone on a plane? And that was the first time they used Jeremy McDivitt. The WWF did. He punched like a flight attendant. I mean, and then Jer- Jeremy McDivitt was basically <laughs> basically was like able to prove to the courts that like yeah, but the flight attendant was being a fucking loser. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your Honor, is the flight attendant's nickname the Anvil? He makes a good point. Case dismissed. How many tag team championships has the flight attendant won? That's cool. I am Judge Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man. I rule in favor of me, yeah, honky tonk man. I rule for a change of venue. We will be conducting this course in court in rural Alabama. The judge will be Stan Hansen. Larry, Larry, Larry. Larry. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Larry. Flight attendant. <laughs> Let me ask you something, son. Are you able to drink my piss? <laughs> I'm talking about Miller Lite. <laughs> All right, we'll settle this old Stan Hansen way. Whip him out, boys. Whoever's got the biggest one wins. <laughs> this is a murder trial. I stand All right, by what we'll I said. Go by thickness, then. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right, so they are in their t- their tie dye the dudleys are and they're being tested by the APA because of something we talked about last week which was public enemy. the public enemy made such a bad impression the public enemy were just being were trying to protect their spot in a new company and they didn't realize they were against sociopath and black sociopath and then they got the shit kicked out of them. By the way, if this was any other wrestlers and it wasn't you, Bruce, Pritch, once fun, now horrifically bad podcast would have been like, ah, totally unprofessional. But it's shithead Bradshaw Layfield, who I assume has photo has Epstein-level photographs of the office of the WWE base. I don't think so. I think it's just like he was the enforcer and him and Vince McMahon probably have the exact same political stance. Yeah, no tax. Like, I guarantee Vince McMahon is like that weird, like, no taxes, wants to start those weird offshore um, atoll societies, seasteading. Yeah, Vince McMahon wants a private military so badly. Like, he wants that to be something he can do so badly. He tried it, and it didn't draw, so he doesn't want it anymore. It was the Truth Commission. That's what he thought the Truth Commission was. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. My own desert. That's very good. That's very good. So the Dudleys start being taken more seriously after the APA stuff. They, of course, start wearing camo instead of the tie-dye. Um, the what did you think the about... the back of the Dudley Boys uh, tie-dye was never sold on a t-shirt. Or on the a logo on the back of the Dudley Boys camo was never sold on a t-shirt, which I always thought... Was... The Dudley Boys, by the way, are one of the few examples of this is how the WWE should treat talent that were big somewhere else that they bring in. That they were booked pretty consistently. Any losses they have, I don't really remember. And they were badass as fuck. And they very much talk about it. The tag team wrestling was not the focus of the WWE. But their point was to be able to draw focus. Fuck me. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing about the Dudleys, though, the thing they have over a lot of guys, that they didn't really need to be booked strong. Like, win every match. They're not that type of character. They're more two shitty heels. They're, so they're the four horsemen mold, which people should employ more, which is, mm. and they're doing it pretty well with MGF or MJF. 
pardon me, in AEW is that, okay, yeah, he lost. He's on the mic the literally 20 minutes later, just, no, I didn't lose. And, and wrestling fans have this weird thing of they're like, well, he said he didn't lose. I know I saw he did, but whatever. I mean, MJF is great. He is so funny, that guy. He's like 21, too. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> but they're kind of like pushed slowly because the Dudleys come into a tag division that's actually got some people in it for the first time ever since the 80s. Yeah, well, I mean, because they, they feud with the Headbangers, Acolytes, um, the New Age Outlaws are still around. Like, kind of their passing of the table, uh, passing of the uh, torches, they beat the New Age Outlaws for their first WWF tag titles. And keep this in mind, at February 2000, the Hardy Boys of just competed against, like, Edge and Christian in the t- in the Terry Invitational Tournament. The tit. Uh, of course. They, they win money. That's where they have the first ladder match at like, WWE exactly. University, which for some reason they just used the set for Raw for. It, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, they have a triangle ladder match at WrestleMania 2000. This is when everyone's like, oh, maybe we should give Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys no managers so that it's not, you know, so that uh, they don't, <laughs> that we don't have to see Michael Hayes <laughs> in a very tight shirt. A very tight shirt and yet ludicrously thick trousers. Well, because that's how the Hardys dressed. They dressed in tight shirts with big pants, which looks fine. When you're so young. How long do you think it took Michael Hayes to realize the Hardy Boys weren't girls? I think that was still going on right now. I think once Matt returned to WWE as Woken Matt, he was like, Wait one second. Wait one. Oh, them times I sucked that big thing. It was a penis. <laughs> oh, no, I did it again. <laughs> I fell for this with Bobby Eaton, too. I just thought he was an ugly lady. He's an ugly man. Michael Hayes is so confused on his own sexuality, he doesn't actually know what any human genital looks like. <laughs> oh, gross. It's why, he, it's why <laughs> on three separate occasions he's fucked toes. Yeah, that's a pussy. <laughs> but this is the this is so weird because my thought of how long this triple this Hardy's Dudley's Edge and Christian tag thing went on was like a two or three years, but actually, it's like it's a, a year. year. There's also something very important that happened after this match that made the Dudley Boys, and this is why wrestling is fucked. Is mm-hmm. the WWE has this weird thing of they'll start pushing people when they start complaining about their money. Basically, it's like oh, they realize that we're treating them horribly, so they do this triangle ladder match. It essentially saves the, what is a woeful pay per view. It's such a fucking good match. The Dudley boys, the Hardy boys, and Edge and Christian got their payoffs, and it was not equal. It was supposed to be equal, and Edge and Christian got significantly more. The Hardy boys decided not to say anything, and the Dudley boys uh, allegedly booted JR's office and uh, office door and were like, go fuck yourself, you fucking Bell's palsy cunt. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, because these are, think about how old these people are. Like, the Dudleys are, how old is Bubba? It's 2000. Dudleys are 28 and, like, 30, respectively. And the Hardys are still, like, not jobbers. Like, you have to understand, like, the Dudleys have won things. Like, they've been respected. And they know that even though it is June of 2000 and WCW's looking shitty, they've just started a hardcore division. Terry Funk is in WCW right now. They can go to WCW. They know that. 
versus the Hardys and Edge and Christian, where this is their first kind of like time being over, or they're finally starting to get over. And the Dudleys have been over for four years now. Like they're used to getting this reaction and they know how to play the crowd, right? So I think I think that's all a confidence thing. And I don't think people talk about that enough where it's like you kind of need to feel like you have like from the year 2002 until 2005, Edge becomes that guy where he constantly wants to push, but they won't give it to him because something's just not clicking. Like he's a shitty baby face. I always thought Edge was a shitty baby face. Um, and then he turns heel and obviously everything works out. Uh, but this is around this time when the Dudleys do the gimmick of um, Bubba Ray power bombs a lady through a table and that makes him nut everywhere. And they do a great storyline where he wants to fucking powerbomb Tori. It is, I think it makes Devon's character weirder. Yeah, because Dev, I completely agree. Because Devon is just like, I'm into watching it. Testify. <laughs> I'm a table cook. Yeah, thou shall not kill, that shall not steal, and thou shall not fuck with the Dudleys unless you're a lady getting hurt, and then fuck with us loads. Yo, I just think about this logically, like. So, <laughs> Bubba powerbombs people through tables, and then Devon, his character is that he's like, not only am I fine with it, I'll help find the women. It's uh, if like if Jeffrey Dahmer had a sidekick. Yeah. yeah, if Jeffrey Dahmer had a sidekick who also was eventually a deacon. Um, yes, so they <laughs> rifle through just powerbombing women through tables for a while. Like, this is, this is as long yeah. as the Hardy Boys Edge feud. They have a bunch of issues with um, right to censor, obviously, Steve Richards, Bill Buchanan, the good father. Um, and yeah, even they had lower mid-card tag teams. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh, the APA then comes out and rescues them during a beatdown from the APA or from uh, the RTC, and they then have a invitational tables match, um, and uh, Chaz and D'Lo Brown and Too Cool are a part of it. Like it's so fucking low rent, but they're basically like they're the king of yeah, the card tag team division, and occasionally will get their tag titles. What's also interesting is the WWE starts acknowledging the amount of tag titles the Dudley boys have won around this time period. They put them on the cover of the magazine and they talk about how they're the most decorated tag team that's ever been seen in wrestling. Yeah, because ECW was the advent of... Well, I mean, they are... I mean, they are really booked like kind of in that flair mold where it's like, I'm a 17-time champion because I'd lose it to whoever was the babyface and the babyface fucking leaves and who's still here? The Dudley boys. So. Uh, at the end of 2000, they make a one-off appearance at the Elks Lodge for ECW. Um, oh, yeah, this is uh, this is sad. This is where Paul Heyman's a real piece of shit. It was to raise $60,000 for the so that he could pay they could pay the ECW crew and wrestlers. Paul Heyman kept the money and didn't distribute it to any of the wrestlers. Paul Heyman, you're a human yeah. piece of shit. To be fair, though, he might have been just paying interest on loans at that point. He, he That's probably what was happening. But then go to Bubba Ray Dudley and be like, you keep the money and give it to them. Here's the thing is, I guarantee Bubba Ray Dudley is annoying to have a meal with, but is a good man. Like, I guarantee you're sitting there just being like, uh, this is annoying. I don't know. As we move through this, like... From so he doesn't seem annoying in ECW. He doesn't seem annoying in WWF first run. But once he he's gains, but once he gains the like the social status, he's a bully. 
Do you know what I mean? He's a lot like Bradshaw. Yeah, he's a little bit like Bradshaw. I still say he's a bit more justified in some of his bullishness, and I assume that, again, he's a good man. Well, Bradshaw, I guarantee, would have been like, yeah, give me 60 grand, then walked out of the building counting it and given five grand to a kid and be like, ah, you're more wealthy than Tommy Dreamer now. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, the first Taylor TLC's match happens at SummerSlam 2000, and that really skyrockets everybody, as evidenced by the fact that September 14th, 2000, the Dudleys beat The Rock and The Undertaker in a tables match on SmackDown. It's so crazy. So, six months earlier, by the way, they're losing to Vince and Shane McMahon on Raw. Well, you of course, you can't beat the best in the world and the balls that the best of the world came out of. Man, we're going to do Vince McMahon. It's going to be 75 parts one time, and I'm going to spend an entire episode on just his EC, WWECW uh, heavyweight championship right, run where he wore a do-rag. Right so starting in 2020, how many weeks do you think we legitimately can do of just Vince McMahon? If we just did a whole do year? you think we could do a full 52 weeks of Vince McMahon starting... Week one of 2020. Well, let's. How about this? If anyone, <laughs> and if it's like five people, we'll do it. If anyone following us on Twitter wants to say yes, that's fine to do an entire year of Vince McMahon, then we'll do it. Like 52 weeks. That's a, that's so many weeks. Well, how long is the WWE uh, since WrestleMania one? How long? Okay, so then you just do six months each time. <laughs> like, you do eight months at a time. It actually wouldn't be that hard. Because you got you got to do the two years before. You have to do... His childhood alone is a fucking crazy... His childhood alone is an easy, is a Dudley Boys promo of a childhood. <laughs> well, you could do one on his childhood, and then you just do from WrestleMania 1 until now, no, no, year by year. No, you have to do expansion then wrestlemania once so you have to do childhood expansion wrestlemania one straight through all right all right if you do not want i mean do, <laughs> we could try if, we could try if you want us to do this or we make it patreon exclusive for 52 or 36 part episode on Vince mcmahon tweet at us the rest of the review let, let us, us know. know back to the dudleys so it's 2000 and the dudleys fucking star is fucking high in the sky they are, I would say, arguably, they are the fourth or fifth most important group, or most, if they were one individual, be they fourth or fifth most important to the company at this point. Yeah, and they also, something I really, really like is they are more of a tag team than the uh, Edge and, I'd say the Hardys are obviously a good tag team. Edge and Christian are kind of like, they just are singles who work together well. They're brothers? But the Dudleys have so many... No, I mean, I mean, like, as a team, like, Edge and Christian didn't have a double team finishing move. Yes, a, it's just yeah. Christian would do the unprettier, Edge would do the spear. Whereas the Dudleys have, like, seven tag moves. Like, they have Devon get the tables, they have fucking uh, the Dudley, they used to do the Doomsday device. They do the, they the did, what's obviously, up? Obviously, 3D. Yeah, what's up? Which is, I can't, when they're doing the what's up, like, into 2005, that must be the cringeworthy, most cringeworthy thing on <laughs> the fucking planet. It'd be like if I, it's like, oh, there it is. He's going for the uh, dab. Like if someone still dabbed. I still dab, baby. Oh, you do actually, yeah. But if someone had a dab finishing move and they were still doing it, like, oh, this guy's trendy and cool. I guarantee we're about a year and a half away from that. No, but I mean, I think TJP dabbed, but he stopped. No, 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 I agree. But I was, the thing with wrestling is, uh, you're right, it goes away, but it will come back in about a year. <laughs> That's true. So this is cool because they do WrestleMania 17, they do TLC 2. This is the TLC we all remember where 
Edge spears uh, Jeff while Jeff's holding the belt, and they do the crazy spot with Matt and Bubba going through the tables. And weirdly, Bubba was like, this is before this, of course, but he said the first TLC hurt his body a lot because he had done hardcore before, obviously, and everyone thinks of them as a hardcore tag team, but he hadn't done that style in so long that his body had adjusted to just <laughs> just being fine again. And then he had to be like, oh, no, we're not when fine. When I asked Colt Cabana, what is it like being a wrestler and taking bumps every day? He goes, oh, your body's just calloused. And it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> But this is the crazy thing, which I really liked, was they added to the feud, because WrestleMania... This is, is this WrestleMania 17? Yes, this is, is WrestleMania 17, 17 the, sorry. Uh, everyone has then a, an, an added heavy. Exactly. The Dudley Boys heavy is Spike Dudley's debut. Yeah, Spike Dudley, and then they have Rhino uh, is Edge and Christian, which I really like, because... Then you've given a logical reason. Like, it really put over Rhino, this did, because Rhino just beat everyone up, picked up Christian, and won the belt for them. Like, I thought that was really cool. And you had the, if you wanted to, you could go into their backstory, which is Rhino and Christian and Edge did those hell tours up in the north of Canada, where you would, like, could drive, you could only do them in the winter because one of the roads you had to drive on was ice. Like, the ice had to be melt <laughs> like if you did it in february you couldn't drive back in march i mean that's fucking insane and they were doing it for like 10 bucks so anytime you play about comedy just know that <laughs> they did that and then got like 10 dollars um but this is how this is the crazy thing like people complain about parody booking now uh backlash 2001 opened with x factor xpoc justin Creble, and albert Facing the Dudleys, Bubba Ray, Devon, and Spike, and X-Pac Incredible did a double super kick and beat Bubba to win the match. That's that's a month after TLC2. Widely known as one of the the X-Factor, a stable that is piloted by X-Pac. <laughs> who's, who's leading this stable? Well, that would be Simon Dean. The other members of X-Factor, it gets only better. Just Incredible and Albert. Albert is the most misused heavy ever. You know why? We all know why. Remember, you remember the Attitude Era? Anytime they would be like, hey, this guy's 6'8 and 350 pounds, the crowd would be like, yeah, but look at all that fucking weird-ass body hair. <laughs> then they would chant Bigfoot at him. And then he did shave, and it looked so much grosser. Yeah, or sexier. And then they tried him as Lord Tensai, and everyone was like, what? Why is he Lord Tensai? I mean, that was, again, the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But I mean, to be fair, if your if your character is like, "Hey, this guy's really intimidating," what's his name? Prince Albert. Okay, why is it Prince Albert? Oh, because that's like the nickname you give a dick piercing. <laughs> yes, please. Kevin Nash's name was Oz in WCW, but at least it wasn't like Tramp Stamp. Mm, it was though. It was Tramp Stamp. He did a, a day in ECW, and his name was Tramp Stamp McGillicuddy. And his finishing move was he just sniffed someone's bum. McGillicuddy, yeah. It was because he was Michael McGillicuddy's dad. That was the uh, that was the storyline there. Who's Michael McGillicuddy? That is uh, Curtis Axel or Mr. Perfect's kid. His name's McGillicuddy? No, his first NXT name was Michael McGillicuddy. Ew. Yeah, you know how like Stone Cold had that list of names where it was like Icy McFreeze was yeah. one of them? He would have been named Icy McFreeze now. No, he would have been named like Devin, Devin Astro. Yeah. <laughs> Coldman. 
<laughs> no, because they always just pick weird names. Yeah. Just sounds like something a guy who would do a lot of who like was like, "Hey, name your cu- name your kid," and then he's like, "Okay, but I'm going to do MDMA and let it kick in first, and then whatever two words I say, he's not even gonna have my last name." I'm here to kiss. Dot com. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's better than a lot of the names. I would prefer to be named that as a wrestler than Michael McGillig. I'm here to kiss. My gimmick is that I am a website. Yeah, Chris Hero's name. Bugs the shit out of me so much. Cassius Ono? Cassius Ono, what the fuck are you doing? Because his gimmick was supposed to be that he knocked people out, but then Kevin Owens came in and they just did a retread where they gave Kevin Owens that gimmick and then they still named him Cassius Ono. I don't know. It's Cassius Ono and Chris Hero are two in the same for me, where it's like his original gimmick was that he's fat Superman. He just like, I like Superman, also candy. So here's what it is. Uh, These. Spike Dudley falls in love with Molly Holly. Molly Holly is one of the Holly cousins, and they start feuding with the Hollies. The Dudleys do, and I think that's and I think that's great. It's this is the thing where the Dudleys are kind of out of the tag. Uh, they they sorry they have the championships at this point. Um, but you can do many different storylines they also uh, the because obviously you have a function of having a ton of tag teams and you don't have to all you have to do is have those tag teams beat teams that aren't teams and you have a tag team division it just make it like oh well these two don't know how to be a team which they did during this time it was great completely it's also one of those things where they um uh are also clearly if you look back they're preparing for the invasion so they're positioning yeah the dudleys not to be in a place of importance so they can be on the opposing side True say. True say. And kind of a diversion given how they start the invasion here, uh, which we're, we're going to do is talk about this after a nice little candy break. Everyone have a big piece of Things candy. to look forward to. Invasion. Brand split. Their return. Them leaving. <laughs> Ooh, The Undertaker beating them both at a WrestleMania. I thought it was at a Great American Bash and then they killed Paul Bear. No, it was not. Nope. It was supposed to be Nathan Jones and The Undertaker against the Dudleys, and then Nathan Jones was so bad at wrestling, they wouldn't let him in the ring, so it was just You're The Undertaker a winning. piece of shit, because that was against The Big Show and A-Train. If you make a mistake like that again, I'll have you castrated. Nope. I'm right. What, re- we'll what talk about this after the break. No, no, we're f- solving this right now. WrestleMania 19? That's the one you're talking about. Is it? WrestleMania 18 was Flair. WrestleMania 20 was Kane. So... A little looky pooky. Undertaker defeated Big Show and A Train. Oh, it was a great American bash. Yes, it was a great American bash. You absolute piece of shit. Oh, oh, I'm smart. No, you're not. I'm smart. No, no, I'm smart. Are you? Hey, Dylan, have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah. And by, I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times, and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him, but then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? <laughs> yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus. Separately, I don't. I don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a Old taste. Snickers sensation. bar hummus. Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review, or rate and subscribe on iTunes, or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. 
Yeah. Right now, are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn, fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your cock washer and use your fucking dick grabbers to give us some fucking money. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody. Dylan God is now crying Ooh. because of his stupid idiot fucking voice. And I'm going to tell you, should we even um, talk about the invasion, really? <laughs> because we've kind of talked about it to death on the show. We can just do a quick sum up of what happens to the Dudley Boys in the invasion. They're on the team, they're oh. on team WCW, Team Alliance, at the invasion pay-per-view. Stone Cold turns on them. Yep. Then they're in the background for a while, and then I don't care, and then they win the tag titles, and then they lose the tag titles, and then they win the tag titles, and then they lose the tag titles. There you go. There you and go. And then they do something, and Stacey Keebler joins them as the princess of Dudleyville, and I don't care. And then other things happen, and that's how they intro Stacey Keebler is being the Dudley's manager. So it's like you're supposed to think the Dudleys are you're supposed to think the Dudleys are heels, but they have this new hot lady who everyone loves. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a fascinating, fascinating and angering thing where they like. Obviously, they're going to cheer this new hot lady. Because they have tag belts. They have the unified tag team. Yeah. That is cool. During the storyline, they do become the first team to hold WCW, ECW, and WWF tag titles. Um, They are like Paul Heyman's bodyguards. Um, And one cool thing I remember was that uh, they wore their Dudley Boys jerseys again from ECW, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah. They wear the uh, baseball jerseys. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. They start wearing the... uh, Those are fun. Something that I'm so glad I didn't buy, but I almost did. <laughs> I almost just gave up on, oh, I'd buy it now. I'm an old man. I'll do whatever I want. I own a basketball jersey now. <laughs> I assume you're wearing that to my wedding. <laughs> I'll wear that, yeah. I'll wear that with fucking uh, whatever the fuck I want. Uh, I'll wear a full basketball uniform. I mean, I'd, at the very least, can you please wear it to the drinks on the Friday night, which is now being held at a French-Canadian karaoke bar in the Plateau of Montreal? That's right, fans of the rest of the review. If you can find it, you can come along to that event as well. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be going to a karaoke bar. I'll be drinking outside of it in my basketball jersey. Thank I you. I mean, you definitely go in. I know you around a bar, and also there is a variety of my friends that you really like hanging out with, one in particular that I know will be inside, and Dylan will be... Montreal, can you do you drink? Can you drink outside in Montreal? It, yeah, it's like Europe. They just don't care about anything. Oh, great! I like that. Yeah. So I'll be drinking half in the bar, half out of the bar, and I'll, but I'll be blowing huge fucking vape smoke into the bar. I'll smoke outside, but I'll make sure to blow all the smoke inside. That's my your move. Your poor sober vegan wife will just be looking very confused and angry as it's, it'll be day three of what Dylan will be referring to as my birthday weekend. <laughs> no, uh, she's she's really good with staying up late. And also it gives you an excuse to leave. You're like, oh, she's sober. Oh, it's the best. So I can't hear, hear someone explain what their screenplay is about for the fifth time because they're so Here's drunk. The best thing about being is just being like, I'm going to leave. And when people are like, no, stay around, I'm not even going to give them an excuse. I'm just going to say no as rudely as I can think to say it. <laughs> so 2002, oh, WrestleMania 18, Billy and Chuck beat the Hardys, the Dudleys, and the APA to retain the WWF tag titles. So to Ooh, give you, uh, really the Dudleys lose something after the Alliance. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that they have just been going for too long. This is... A great point to 
Jim Cornette, they, they could have actually benefited from going away for a minute. Just take, give them two months off. Yeah. They, I don't understand why they don't just give people time off. Or, I mean, you don't need to do an injury angle every time, but you can just have them go away for just a bit. Just have them walk away for a minute. Wrestling does need an off-season because the thing that wrestling now misses more than anything is anticipation. Um, I don't know how you would do a weekly program that's fucking two hours while maintaining anticipation for everything, but wrestling does miss anticipation. Now, there is a way to do it without an off-season, which is the only way that you can get, is that you need to rotate the crews in and out. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have new matchups, obviously, because you only... What is it? The Cornette whole thing where it's like you only need 20, 20 wrestlers and then you have like 10 satellite yeah, guys? absolutely correct. Yeah. But then I think now, if you were to do that exact thing, the 10 satellite guys would be the guys that everyone wanted to see because they didn't see them as much. Because it's so rare that you get people that are a novelty now. Like, Brock Lesnar as a novelty worked for, like, three years. Now everyone's tired of it, but it did work for, like, three no, years. No, people, yeah, no, people are, and people are crazy tired of it. That's the other thing. Yeah. If the WWE just stopped for five months, just stopped. Just stop it. Yeah. <laughs> for, for everyone, we so By excited way, when it came back. if you want to kill Vince McMahon, that's all you got to do. If they stop for five months, he'll be dead by month three. <laughs> you just you'll just start aging rapidly <laughs> no the first two months he'll be planning his funeral the morning of month three beginning he'll just blow his head out uh, head off oh because y'all just have to he'll just have to take stock of his life yeah. and what people think of it oh my wife doesn't love me and my kids just want things from me gagosh shane was stephanie and stephanie was shane so here's something fun. They uh, obviously split up the Dudleys. Uh, Bubba becomes B- Bubba Tough. Oh, this is the word. I fuck Bubba Tough is the word. He just sounds like a truck. Devon, Devon, he really does sound like a truck. Reverend Devon uh, gains a protege in uh, a young a Bautista. Now, uh, apparently, the Reverend Devon's character was a uh, make fun of on the Catholic Church. Uh, who are there embroiled in the first wave of the pedophile scandal, um, which is good because the original draft was a, a different kid every time, and they never referenced who the different kid, scared kid was, and what happened to them. I like. I am just surprised that this is. We're very lucky that this happened right here. If it happened a year later, he would have been a pedophile. It would have been Reverend Devon, <laughs> literal pedophile. Well, I would have liked if uh, they were doing the Katie Vick angle, right? And then Devon's in the Oh, in the why didn't they do that? Eating out Katie Vick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, Devon's in there. A lickin' away. And Bautista's sucking on her boobies. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Uh, Judgment Day 2002. Bubba Ray gets back with uh, Devon. They shake hands in the ring. Obviously, Bubba Tough did not work out. September 2002, the Dudleys sign new contracts. I'm just going to look something up because I should have before the podcast. Now, they sign these contracts now. They are back being a tag team. Uh, they um, This is when the tag team division is shit. Shit piss. It's literally just oh yeah, it's two really wrestlers bad. are tag teams for a bit. Usually one of them's Kane, by the way, and the other one's usually Rob Van Dam. 
Uh, Chris Jericho and Christian beat the Dudley <laughs> to retain the World Tag Team titles. The Dudley stole um, Christian and Jericho's clothing. Uh, yeah, this is when wrong. they start changing their retire. So the Dudley boys have like, it's going to sound like a weird nitpicky thing, but they had the, they used to have Devon wearing a cutoff shirt and Bubba wearing a vest with short sleeves. And then they go to like their own shirts. Yeah. It's very like they just start making themselves look more low rent with time, and they it's a uh, it's, it's a also bad, uh, Bubba Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley also is really out of shape in this time period. Like they're he's ve- they're both winded. Yeah, they're, clearly their heart's not in it anymore. Like it's one of those things where this is really the beginning of the end of the week. And bear in mind, three more years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they're really basically did. Just. Like, La Resistance, yeah, all right, we bully you for a bit, shut up, okay, we'll 3D you, and then we win for the titles, and then we lose it to fucking Lance Cade and that Viking fellow. Oh, God. It's a very interesting time because you see, this is how good this tag team is, is that no one talks about for three years they essentially were just upset to be part of the fucking company, and yet still they're, here we are, let's, like, we're doing our best. Yeah, they had a good three years and a bad three years. Up until the Alliance, they were good. It was about three years. And then uh, after that, they just kind of are spinning their wheels because they always want to involve Spike, but they don't do it in in as interesting ways no. as they do in ECW. Like, ECW consistently, Spike was their enemy, and then you could always go back to that. Like, Spike would deviate off and face Mike Awesome or whatever, like, ECW was, I think, you can say a lot of things about the way it was booked, and I think the one thing you can definitely say about it is they had better, I mean, le- certainly as of late, but they had better, um, like, 1B, 1A characters to their A characters, where it would be like a long match, and you would get over that 1A character just by having a long match with their top star, but the top star would destroy that guy, and then you would... Always like Spike Dudley was booked the way. If you ever saw ECW, he was booked the way Mick Foley was essentially. Where it's like, man, that guy is almost dead. The other thing is they. This is also when they reveal Spike Dudley was behind their brothers all along, and he's calling the shots. Is that correct? No, I think that's later. But that's dumb. That's a really dumb thing. <laughs> that's just like goes against well, absolutely it's just trying to keep them relevant. Literally, what you needed to do is give them a year off, like. Breaking them up was a bad idea because they lost their sort of steam and Bubba Tuff and he's the Reverend D. Like, it really shows that, like, oh, he thinks he's a minister. Nah, he's not, though. Like, there's no sort of point to it. It's also interesting that you never have them have a feud and split. Yeah. They don't do the feud and split because, like, I don't think anyone cares. This is the whole thing about the Dudleys. I don't think up until they have their, weirdly, up until they have their TNA run, I don't think that anyone cares that the Dudleys are splitting up because the cool thing about them is the 3d and the tables and their double team moves it's kind of like if you split up hawk and animal like hawk's finishing move was a neck breaker yeah, and they also by the way always talked about how oh um they should have split up the road warriors and then they could have come back and i absolutely disagree entirely it's like all yeah there's nothing all they were good for is what they were for yeah do you really want to see hawk wrestle someone for 20 minutes no, no. But they uh, get in some trouble, or at least Bubba does, by being too stiff with Sylvan Grenier in an interview. And this is a classic thing where he says, I'm not a bully, it's just people are too soft. Yeah, which 
Means you're a bully. That's what Dylan says about his penis all the time. He goes, well, it's, I don't have erectile dysfunction. It's just my penis is too soft. <laughs> my penis is too hard. Not true. No, it's always just on, just about to come. Just a little Are tip. Are you always edging? Just a little dab. Dab it. Dab it. Yeah, of course I'm edging. Right now. I edge this whole podcast. That's cool. Why do you think I'm so edgy? Oh, I see. Um, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, it's the problem with this time period. Of, then we have the aforementioned Undertaker angle, where the Undertaker ends up. Killing oh yeah. Spike Dudley's in charge of the Dudleys. This is the really weird part. Now, it's 2004, 2005. They enter into negotiations with Johnny Ace. I want to talk about this. Is the time period where Jim Ross has transitioned out of being the head of talent relations, and Johnny Ace has taken his job. And according to everyone, Johnny Ace was terrible at this job for a couple of reasons one he was just a yes man while jim ross basically you knew when jim ross is disagreeing with vince mcmahon because on television jim ross would just get beaten up by taz because he's like all right vince we gotta sign ourselves Mick Foley again he's gonna do the no yeah the, the famous words uh when jim ross signed Mick Foley uh said this is important because now you're gonna know what it's like to have your heart broken and then Mick Foley became yeah. Mick Foley Again, again, it is okay. It was tough for Johnny Ace to. He's literally following the best head of talent relations the WWE ever had. The guy signed The Rock, Steve, uh, Steve yep. Austin, Mick Foley, yep. developed yep. John Cena, Randy Orton, Dave yep. Batista, created their first developmental developmental territory system in OVW, the system they still use to this day. Absolutely. Well, and very smartly was like, "Hey, Jim Cornette, go do a territory." Basically was like, hey, Jim Cornette, you have Smoky Mountain again, but you have like our resources now with Smoky Mountain. And Jim Cornette loves to, if, there's an entire podcast where Jim Cornette just talks about the results of a Smoky Mountain or, or of OVW. Like there's, in, no, there's, there's a seven hour podcast that they Release. made that's just Jim Cornette talking about OVW. I mean, you're, sitting, you're sitting there like I haven't listened to it. Uh, I listened to the whole fucking thing. And here's the thing is <laughs> he's not wrong. There is palpable proof in the reviews they got from Melser and the wrestlers that went on to be successful from his company. All of the ones that he said, this is stupid, this isn't going to work, didn't work. All of the ones that were like, yeah, protect this guy, do this, worked. Yep. Like, he predicted with injuries how long Dave Batista's wrestling career would be. That's fucking crazy. Jim Cornette did. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got he says some really, really smart things. He's just like, you know who Jim Cornette reminds me of? Jim Cornette reminds me of uh, that South Park uh, where they make fun of Mel Gibson. Go on. So Mel Gibson, where it's just like Mel Gibson saying crazy, crazy weird shit, and then he just, uh, and then they're like, oh, what do we do with a story? And then he just very calmly tells them how to, like, the problem they're having with the story, and then tells them how to fix it. And they're like, oh, that's actually, uh, that's actually a great idea, Mel. And then he's like, the Jews control the media. <laughs> and he's like, okay, you're back. Yeah, and crazy. Then he- but that's what Jim Gordette does. Like, it's like nine not nine or ten but i'd say seven out of the ten things you can just write off as like oh well this is just an old lady on her yelling out the window and then three of the ten things are like oh that makes sense like when he talked about um ricochet uh what he was saying about ricochet was um put him under a mask because he can't talk and then have him basically just win most of his matches but then he the odd time he gets a title match because he'll be so over with everybody and the kids and stuff and then he just loses that match 
in a close, hard-fought match against the other babyface, and then they shake hands, and then that's it. And that's exactly how they should have done it. That's how we, that's how they booked Barry Mysterio. That's how they booked, if you ever watched Lucha Underground, they booked him as Prince Puma. Like, because R- Ricochet cannot talk, but he's so impressive with his little flippity-doos. Oh, he's, he's a real high-spot fella. Ooh, he's a high-spot fella. I'll tell you who are not high-spot fellas, the Dudley boys in this time period. Come. No, uh, they are. Uh, oh, the other, <laughs> no, because they're losing to... Um, they are due, They are in matches with Mark Jindrak and Garrison Cade, uh, La Resistance, who now that they've decided... Uh, La Resistance became big after the French didn't want to join the Coalition of the Willing, that whole Freedom oh, yeah, Fries... Yeah. When they they changed French doors to freedom doors, oh, what a time it will yeah. to be alive. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, by the way, this is an old episode. Or, I mean, listen to the old episode uh, where we do a Scott Steiner episode where we just uh, listen to the Christopher Nowitzki-Scott Steiner debate after shortly after 9-11. It is crazy. So good. It's so good. So Paul London and Billy Kidman win the Tag Team Championship for the Dudleys on July 8th, 2004. This uh, really pissed off Bubba, who said the team were too inexperienced for this position. This I have to disagree with. Uh, as you, If you've ever... I mean, I was 19 years old and still four years away from losing my virginity. I was very into indie wrestling. And, uh, <laughs> and they were... And Paul London and Billy Kidman had like a... I guess you could say, like, Ricochet, not, uh, maybe, like, Ricochet and Will Ospreay amount of buzz, but, like, two years ago, um, just because Paul London, no, not Kidman, certainly not Kidman, but Paul London had a huge amount of buzz. He was, like, yeah, maybe, like, a Ricochet guy. People will chant, please don't die. He would do crazy shit at ROH, but he was only in ROH for, like, six months because he was so crazy talented, and everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing. Um, obviously he was not, uh, they just stuck him with Spanky and they won and lost the tag titles while wearing very long pants for a while, but Bubba didn't feel that, uh, these guys were experienced enough. Um, they had just been slapped together as a team and this begins the way that basically the WWE booked tag team wrestling for like the next 13 years where these guys are a team now. Now they have the title and no one gives a fucking shit. The tag so titles are uh, Linda McMahon and the concept of mortality. <laughs> yeah, but also like dog and one of Triple H's daughters. Okay. <laughs> um so it they're decided Apologies for this. They have a huge hiatus, not a huge hiatus, but 2004 they go on hiatus, and but they eventually make their uh, final appearance at WWE sanctioned event. This was part of One Night Stand June in June 2005, and it was fantastic. fantastic. And they, they both look thin. They look fucking good. They have a fucking great match. With Tommy Dreamer and Sandman, whose best part of their ma- of their contribution was the was Sandman's entrance. It's perfect. It's a great fucking period on the end of the sentence that is ECW, and they shouldn't have done it ever again. Of course, they did it. Launch WW ECW the next year, and it's very sad. Also, in 2005, WWE opted not to continue the uh, contract negotiations with the Dudley Boys. In addition, there was a mass of wrestlers, including Spike Dudley, that were released by the WWE in 2005 for budgetary reasons. Basically, they are losing money rapidly, so they call and fire 18 wrestlers yeah this is what vince uh, always said where 
the idea of having a tag division is good when you're you kind of got a lot of money, but then when you don't, why would you waste money on having a four-man match? Such the stupidest fucking concept in the entire world because you need to have variety on any sort of card that needs variety, so you're losing money there. Yeah, of course. Or just make the match really exciting so it can go 20 minutes, so you have, instead of two matches that are 10 minutes long, one match that's 20 minutes long and holds the audience's attention. You old crazy bitch. Yep. And uh, apparently this was a Black Friday, so a total of 18 wrestlers were fired from the WWE. Um, this was an attempt to re-sign Brock Lesnar, who obviously, as we know, did not re-sign at that time until after he won the UFC title and became my daddy. Yeah, I can see you now, Brock. I can see you. Um, what is very interesting about this is that this is the beginning, and we'll yep. go into it more next week, uh, but... This thus begins a lot of bad blood between the Dudleys and the WWE because the WWE claims copyright over the name the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys claim that Paul Heyman gave them the copyright um, when they left ECW. Now, the WWE clearly just points out, no, he didn't have the right to do that because, by the way, we were ECW the whole time. That was a lie. That wasn't an end. Well, and also they bought all of the ECW trademarks. Which Paul Heyman, of course, never bothered to sign over to the Dudley Boys because he's a bad businessman and a bit of a shitty person. Yeah, it wasn't directly related to him, so he didn't do it. I know the exact type of person this guy is, you know? This is, uh, Bubba explained. No, it just wasn't exactly related to him, so, um, he never did it. So Bubba explains this on Jericho's podcast. I can't claim any intellectual property on the Dudley name. It was an original property of ECW. When ECW went into bankruptcy, WWE bought ECW out of bankruptcy. And when you buy out, you get all the assets and the debts and the assets that were original intellectual property, which are names and characters. The Dudley name and the characters are intellectual property and Vince McMahon owns it. Cool. So they just changed the name to Team 3D because uh, they are going to TNA... And TNA has some great tag teams. They have America's Most Wanted. They have the Dudley Boys. Team Canada. They have Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels. Oh, my God. It's going to be an amazing next episode where we're all very happy to talk yeah, about it. They spend 10 years and really do some amazing stuff. Dylan, best thing about the Dudley Boys in WWE? The best thing about the Dudley Boys in the WWE is the TLC matches. Who are we kidding, you fucking piece of shit? I'm going to say that they are the um, most old school. Just one second. There's a window. There's like a gar garbage truck outside my yeah, window. So start career. talking. I'm going to I'm gonna close it's it. Coming to get your career, bud. For those of you that didn't hear my really good joke, the joke I just said was, hey, Dylan, that garbage truck's coming to get your career, bud. Yeah, I was just talking about how that was coming to get your career, bud. No, I heard you, and I didn't like it. I don't think everyone heard me, I should say. So the TLC matches are the best part of the Dudley... Sorry. The TLC matches are the best part of the Dudley boys in the WWE. They were the power team in the of those three, so they did all the power spots, but also they weren't just dog shit. Like, they could actually bump and take those big bumps, and it was believable that Edge and Christian and the Hardys could get the upper hand on them at points and they were very skilled at working with guys that size given all their time in ECW so I mean I think it's unequivocally that is those are the best parts those are the those are the matches that made tag team wrestling what it is today for better or worse because they started doing TLC matches on Raw which is absolute bullshit but and I think the worst thing is like what Bubba talked about in the end which was they'd been on TV for five years with no breaks so they had just like 
never really fully changed any of their characters, nor could they. And they kind of had booked themselves into a corner with the Dudleys, where it's like, just exactly like you said, give them six months off, give them a new finishing move, or like maybe they do another version of their existing finishing move, something. And instead it was like, they peaked with the TLC and the What's Up spot, and then shortly after the Alliance, when it's like they really could have used going back to those hard-edged ECW characters, if the Alliance would have worked out and you turn Sunday Night Heat into an ECW show, which I don't think anyone talks about, is like Sunday Night Heat had great ratings at one point, and then they went to SmackDown and that fucked that whole thing. But you needed a change to those characters that they just did not. Yeah, and that what's amazing is it kind of revitalizes... Um, them going to TNA because they're a different vibe, even not being the Dudley boys, and it's clearly they're just they're buddies now. Yeah, and they benefit very highly from being big fish in a small pond. Versus, you watched them for three years, job to La Resistance and Billy Kidman and Paul London and all these other teams that are just kind of like on TV, beat two jobbers, and then beat the Dudleys for the tag titles. Like, it's the way they manage the division has gotten very poor because just by virtue of the fact that tag teams and wrestlers aren't getting over like they used to in their system. What do you think the best thing about the Dudleys is? The way they work. The way they worked in WWE, they were so different than everyone else in such a great, interesting way. It's fucking fun. I love them. I love them. I love, 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 love. You're in love with them. That's nice. What's the worst thing? Putting women through tables and saying that's good. Disagreed. Go ahead. I changed my best thing. That's oh, the best okay, thing good. now. Yep, great. The best thing is that he it normalized nutting on oh, television. Oh, good point. Dylan wins the argument. It really again. set the uh, it really set the stage for Randy Orton getting a horny. He was going to RKO someone. I wish Randy Orton just had they they rigged him up with a button and he just. Sh- just shot a big fucking fat load after he RKO'd somebody. Oh my somebody. god, I can't believe they didn't do that, and they should. Well, listen, lady. Randy Orton has lost another match because he's so relaxed, he just went Randy to sleep. Randy too busy just looking at his nut in the ring. Ooh. <laughs> it's like a little black dot in my white nut. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, for the Wrestler Review, go check out all our social media stuff. I have to go now. Join us on Facebook, The Wrestler Review Podcast, Instagram, at Wrestler Review, Twitter, at at Wrestler Review. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. Go to our websites, johnhastings.com, thejohnhastings.com, dylangott.net, and I'm sure there's other stuff. Join us on Twitter, at thejohnhastings, at dylangott. Go lie down now. Eyes open the whole time. Dream of me. I'm dreaming of you.